The Going Viral podcast from Health Ed shares the latest information on COVID-19 from authoritative voices and leading experts. You can find all episodes at healthed.com.au or if you're a registered health professional, you can listen on the Health Ed app as well as access many educational resources to support your professional development and practice. Health Ed's face-to-face seminars are starting up again in 2022. And we hope that you will be able to join us for a day of high quality learning with a lineup of great speakers and important topics in women's and children's health. I'll be chairing a number of these events and I look forward to seeing you there. Register at healthad.com.au. Hello and welcome to Health Ed's Going Viral. I am Dr. David Lim. Associate Professor Nicholas Wood will bring you up to speed on the current big influenza season. The recent surge of other respiratory pathogens such as RSV. Although monkeypox is less significant, it hasn't gone away and there are concerns about new mutations. Polio has become an issue in the UK, so he will have a quick look at that situation too. Hello everyone, I'm Associate Professor Nick Wood from the National Centre for Immunisation Research and Surveillance, and today is the immunisation update. Influenza this year has come earlier than previous years. Um, You can see down the bottom there the 2021 flu year, which was pretty much non-existent. Um, And compared to uh, 2017, which was another very big year, um, flu has come earlier this year. Um, So that's putting pressure on the hospitals um, at the same time as COVID is starting to climb up. And I'll show you in a minute a lot of the other respiratory viruses circulating as well. Um, This is some data from New South Wales. And and what it's really trying to show to you is that the bulk of it um, is influenza type A. Um, And this is uh, the diagnosis from notification from labs. Um, again, coming earlier. So bulk, main of it is, is type A. And now that's not the only virus circulating. Um, you can see here in the green, the um, 2022 um, is the um, other viruses, um, in particular RSV. Um, so the hospitals are seeing a lot of children with RSV at the moment. Uh, bumper year for RSV, also a big year for um, other viruses such as adenovirus as well. And what we're often seeing in the hospitals is the co-infection. So, so it's important if we can to try and minimise the, um, the burden, um, particularly of these particular viruses here. None of them are vaccine preventable, but the only one that is is influenza. Um, and so trying to get vaccine uptake for influenza so that if a kid has or a person has influenza plus RSV, they hopefully don't get too sick. How are we doing with influenza coverage? Well, we could be doing better. We're doing okay in the over 65s. You can see here it's around about 60%. But when we look at the younger groups, um, particularly the six month to five year olds, it's only about 25%. Um, And in the five to 15s, even lower again, less than 20%. So so it's not too late to get the flu vaccine. Uh, How well is the flu vaccine working this year? Well, we don't have any um, actual real-life data in Australia yet. Uh, A group called FluCan, which is a multi-site surveillance system, will be hopefully giving us an interim analysis very soon, so we'll be able to come back to you and say uh, that this is how the flu vaccine is working for this year. But 
what we can say is that there's a pretty good match with the flu vaccine um, components and the flu um, type that's circulating. So, so it's likely that it'll be reasonably effective. But the actual figure I can't give you yet. But uh, while we, we, we don't want to wait for the vaccine effectiveness figure um, be, until we start vaccinating because um, it's too late by that time we get it usually. Uh, the other important question is um, how uh, can we get flu and COVID vaccines at the same time? And this is a paper in The Lancet uh, looking at the safety and the effectiveness of uh, the AstraZeneca and the uh, Pfizer um, community vaccine when given at the same time as the flu vaccine. Um, the bottom line was that it was safe. So this is just showing you um, where the little dots are in terms of um, the side effects. Um, it's a little bit more reactogenic um, when you get them together compared to just getting um, um, slightly separated. But in terms of um, overall a recommendation, um, it would be to get both uh, flu and COVID vaccines on the, safe, on the same day. Um, <coughs> So that's that Lazarus paper, which I've mentioned here. Um, importantly, there was no immunologic interference with the, with the combination. So, so giving them on the same day or separating it, um, we certainly didn't see any reduction in either COVID or flu antibody responses. Um, there was another paper which is published here, um, um, also in the, um, I think that might have been in the um, Lancet Respiratory um, uh, Medicine. Um, this is using the Novavax vaccine at the same time as the flu vaccine. And again, going good safety profile and, and no change or loss of the immune responses. So <clears throat> the take home messages is that people can receive the flu vaccine um, at any time or before, um, including with COVID vaccines. Think about um, that when you see them, um, tell them that you might see a bit more fatigue, a bit more of a sore arm, a bit more of a headache, but um, not to worry about that. Um, that the, when people ask about the administration of uh, Shingrix and <clears throat> Vluad Quad at the same time, um, there is no real data on that, so probably is preferable to separate their administration by a couple of days. Um, there's lots of information about there. Um, so just to turn into Ausvac safety um, and to give you some real-time data on the flu vaccine safety, um, what we've done so far as of the middle of June is competed about 120,000 surveys um, across the country. And in terms of safety for children under the age of five, who I showed earlier, the uptake was sort of less or about 30%. About um, there's no safety signal at the moment with the flu vaccine um, kit using kids under five. Uh, the fever rate is around about 9%, so parents should be warned of that. Um, but most of the time it's the same sort of side effects as we see each year with the flu vaccine. So, so nothing too different. Um, and this data is updated on the flu on the Ausvac safety website on a, um, on a weekly basis. The other important group to think about is the over 60 year olds who the coverage is pretty good, but when we compare um, the uh, flu ad quad and the flu zone high dose, which are the two vaccines being used in that age group, there's no real difference between the safety profile in, in the, both of those vaccines. So, so again, you can uh, choose the, the one that's on the um, on national program, which is obviously free. Okay, so a couple of questions that we often get asked is, um, can that vaccine be given at the same time? Um, which we've said, yes, you can. Um, can they be given to those with latex allergy? Yes, they can. Um, anyone with an egg allergy, are there any concerns with the flu vaccine, even if they're anaphylactic to egg? No, it's all good, go on and give the vaccine. 
um, even if they're egg anaphylactic. Um, at the moment, we're not recommending a second dose of the flu vaccine. Um, some people who are wanting to travel to the Northern Hemisphere at, um, early next year um, often think about getting a second dose prior to travel. Um, and if you've got patients that have had a past history of Guillain-Barre syndrome, um, you can click on that link down the bottom there and that will take you to an algorithm to how to manage um, the revaccination or further vaccines in, in those people that have had um, Guillain-Barre syndrome. Okay, so that's all I really wanted to say on influenza. Um, I'll just give you a quick update on, on monkeypox. So um, these are viruses um, and vaccines that we really wouldn't, didn't think we'd be talking about. Um, but Australia now has 12 cases confirmed of monkeypox. Um, just to remind you quickly about the clinical infection because your role um, in GPs will be the recognition um, of, of this particular infection and then assuring prompt um, isolation, um, swabbing and, and treatment of them. Um, there's sort of two periods to infection. There's the invasion period, which is uh, characterised here with mainly systemic symptoms, and then you get a skin eruption, um, which is usually towards the later part of the development of fever. Um, I won't go through this in detail, but you can have a look at this. This is some of the pictures of the types of scabs and the timing of the, of the actual pox um, and how they go through the different stages. And these are some pictures from the lesions that are being reported in the US at the moment for monkeypox. And you can see that they do, definitely are small little pustules, often with this little central umbilication. Um, and they can appear all over the skin, in the axilla and in the genital area. Um, so that, there's pictures. So, so your role really is to, to recognise that. Uh, these cases. Um, there's a really nice uh, report which was published uh, t just a few weeks ago um, on, um, from an expert group on the guidance for healthcare workers and, and I've got the link down the bottom for you there. Um, the key points for that really, as I mentioned, is, is your role in, in suspecting cases, contacting your local uh, infectious diseases team. If you're going to collect a sample, um, talk to them, find out exactly which um, swab and transport media they want to use, um, collect the specimen in full PPE, tell the lab that uh, the specimen is coming, put that patient in a single room, um, <clears throat> and then think about um, talking to, obviously, public health, who will then um, follow up with any of their contacts. Um, Case isolation, this is also a link in that little in the little link down the bottom. Have a look there. Um, it tells you what to do um, with the case um, and, how, and lots of information about how the cases should be isolated at home if they're, if they're um, not too sick. So, so again, your role will be in, in terms of diagnosing um, and giving, um, following up with public health and then information for the um, actual case. Now, there are vaccines available. There's two types of vaccines. There's the ACAM 2000, which is a uh, live attenuated vaccine. And then there is a new um, vaccine, um, which is this modified Vaccinia Ankara vaccine, the Genios. Now, it's not currently registered or available for use in Australia. Um, so we really only got the ACAM 2000 one. Um, now there's a little note there about the vaccine being take, taken. So what happens is that um, if you do, and I'll show you in a second, but it, this vaccine is a little bit tricky to administer. And for that reason, it probably will be restricted in its, in its um, uh, delivery methods. Um, and the vaccine will, will have a take. So you get little red blister spots. And then if you get a little itchy spot four days after the vaccine, uh, that means that it's actually taken. 
Um, so, so that's uh, that's um, the ACAM 2000. Um, in terms of um, people who are, this is the US um, contraindications, which are very similar in Australia. Because it is a live attenuated vaccine, we really have to be very cautious with giving it to anyone that's got immune suppression. And there's a list there of the conditions for which this vaccine is contraindicated. Um, so as I mentioned, um, <clears throat> this is a specialised vaccine. Um, and it probably will only occur at specialised facilities and there will be guidance which we'll come to next time to, to tell you about um, you know, where that's being done. Um, <clears throat> this is a nice, really nice video if you've got interest to have a look at on the um, US CDC on how to give this particular vaccine and, and, it, and it shows you the step-by-step the -step of, of giving it. Um, um, it is, um, uh, the thing I suppose which as a GP what you would be you know, wanting to be aware of is that there is the potential for pre-exposure prophylaxis. Um, now there is a, a su supply um, issue with the number of doses of the ACAM 2000 and so it really is at the moment just recommended for healthcare workers who will be either giving that vaccine or have not, and, and who have not received a smallpox vaccine in the past or those who have previously um, had a vaccine and, and may, may need a booster dose. Um, and for those that are testing their monkeypox um, samples, um, they might also get a vaccine. So that's the pre-exposure prophylaxis. So if any of your patients fit into that category, it might be uh, worth thinking about how they could get pre-exposure prophylaxis. The vaccine can also be used post-exposure. Um, and, and this means if you have someone that is a contact, of a case, um, they, can, they can also get the vaccine. And there's a table on the next slide which I'll show you, but really it's for high risk contacts. Um, and I think before we go giving this vaccine, it'd be important to talk to public health. There will be more guidance coming on this, um, but it needs to be given quite early after exposure to have the greatest protection against disease. Um, importantly, the vaccine wound site is infectious. So if any of your patients do get this vaccine, and they, they need to be told to, to cover that lesion because the, the, small, the little virus can be infectious from that particular site. And particularly if they're living with anyone that's immune suppressed, they need to have a proper, um, uh, you know, a non sort of, what's the word? It's um, a not a gauze bandage, it's a occlusive, occlusive um, bandage over the top so that it's not actually able to transmit from anyone. So, so that's something to be aware of as a GP. If someone comes in and says, well, I've had this vaccine, I've got this you know, lesion, it's now um, weeping, etc." that is indeed infectious. Um, this is a really good table. There's a link down the bottom there as well. Um, and you can see this is um, advice about uh, who should get that post-exposure um, prophylaxis vaccine. Um, the other thing to be aware of for GPs is that the vaccine does have some side effects. Um, and so these are the common side effects that can occur after the vaccine listed here, um, mainly the injection site reactions, but then also a fairly high proportion of systemic adverse events. So, so if someone, again, one of your patients has this vaccine, just to be aware that this is the type of um, side effects. And there is actually a small but not insignificant risk of myocarditis, um, which is um, known from when we were using the smallpox vaccine decades ago. So that's really all on smallpox. Uh, I think the important things are um, to be aware that it is a, sorry, a monkeypox. Um, it is a, a virus that um, hopefully will be limited in the transmission in Australia. 
Um, your role in, as clinicians at the front line will be to diagnose, uh, test and arrange treatment in discussion with the public health unit. Um, just to be aware that there is vaccines available and that the vaccines will probably be very restricted in the way they're delivered because it is such a specialised administration. Um, and the other thing just to touch finally on is that, um, that because of COVID, there probably has been a resurgence of, of old diseases that we thought we'd got rid of. Um, and so this is data from Australia. And you can just see here in the blue line um, that there has been a reduction in Indigenous coverage um, towards the um, end of last year in the one-year-old kids and a little bit in the two-year-old kids. So it's important if we can that we don't want to um, keep that, we want to turn that back around. Um, and you can just get the hint that perhaps the coverage in the non-Indigenous um, is all starts also starting to turn, turn down. Um, now that we don't want this to happen because it can lead to a resurgence of diseases. And just in the last week, we've seen a couple of cases of diphtheria. Uh, these kids were unvaccinated, but it, it, um, obviously they didn't get protection from having the, uh, the diphtheria combination, you know, pertussis tetanus vaccine. Um, but what that means is that diphtheria has, is, is able to be circulating again. And um, this is the first time that we've had diphtheria in, 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 these, in, in, in a long while. So important to keep up our routine coverage. And in the UK, uh, poliovirus has been detected in sewage. This is a, a vaccine-derived poliovirus. That's a VDPV. Um, but that means that this um, virus is circulating in the community and we really don't want to see a recurrence of, of polio. So, so another take-home message is to make sure that um, any of your patients that you, um, you know, make sure that they get their vaccine, any vaccines that due up to date. So, so that's all from me. I think we've covered uh, the ATAGI um, updated. We've talked to you about the Omicron variant BA45 now being um, the dominant strains. Uh, there are the bivalent variant vaccines on the way. But at the moment, there's not a recommendation um, or for use of those in, in the general community. Uh, but that's likely to be the next big thing. Um, and, and really, the three take-home messages are increase our flu vaccine coverage, increase our third-dose booster COVID vaccine, and don't forget the uh, routine, op op routine vaccines that uh, children and adults will do. So uh, thanks very much for listening. Just a quick reminder as we wrap up to encourage you to register for the next webcasts where you can always catch a high quality lineup of speakers and topics that HealthEd has put together for you. HealthEd webcasts are carefully created to provide high quality video and audio so that you have the best possible learning experience. It's free. You get CPD points and it's all delivered directly to the digital device of your choice, wherever you choose to be. Register now at healthad.com.au. You can claim RACGP CPD points for listening to this podcast using the self-claim option. Log into your account on the RACGP website, go to the CPD section and click on self-claim.